0: Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to another episode of the Round Trippers podcast, episode 23 of the podcast. I'm your host, Austin Spiro. Thank you so much for joining us once again. I really appreciate all of your listening. It seems like um, we've been getting a little bit of a spike in listeners, so for you new listeners that are coming on, welcome aboard to the podcast, and thank you so much for tuning in once again. I have another special guest with me today, and he's brand new to the show, making his debut on the show and this i think this discussion is going to be really cool Um, we're going to talk about a stat that he created um and he is a member of the baseball life facebook group and we've been talking uh privately and i'm so glad that he's able to come on the show uh jonathan jordan is with me today jonathan thank you for joining me
1: thanks for having me this is a lot of fun so thanks this is exciting
0: yeah, it's super exciting to come, uh, to for you to come on and talk to, uh, talk to me here. Um, so, what we're going to be doing on this show is I'm going to be talking with Jonathan about a stat that he created that's actually gathering some attention um, in some baseball historian circles, um, you know, specifically the Negro League Baseball Museum and the author of a Ricky Henderson book. Um, and I'm sure Jonathan will talk about that a little more because he's been talking privately with them. Um, but first, before we get into that big stat, um, let's talk about, so um, you haven't really had a chance to talk to anybody about what you thought about the World Series. So I want to hear your take on uh, how you think the World Series went, and, yeah, just your basic take on the World Series. What would you think?
1: So, uh, you know, if you made me bet – I'm not necessarily a betting man, but if you made me bet on that World Series before it started, I would not have bet that way. Um, I, 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 I would tell you that I wanted Atlanta to win um but i would not have thought they would have done it and what they did and did it the way they did it uh, the, i think the pitchers fell just right i think to get a max freed like that at the end is just uh, just an anaconda that wrapped around them and they were done for and that game was over by you know the world series was over by about the fifth inning so it was it was pretty cool to see that i love underdogs i love the national league um I'm a Cubs fan so I was pretty I was pretty excited I was pretty excited anytime you see an 88 team get in there and do that that that's fun that's fun I love Frederick cuz I love Rizzo who we'll called him Frederick so yeah I'm I thought that was cool I thought that was really exciting
0: Yeah I thought it was too it's really nice to see and I think you're right I think the way that they did it I think makes it an even bigger story because not only did they have to you know they went through the Giants they went through the Brewers they went through some of the tougher you know, pitching and they went through some of the tougher teams in the MLB and for them to be an 88 win team, it was, that was really cool to watch. So, yeah, I always have a special place in my heart for the Braves. They're my second favorite team. And Chipper Jones is one of my favorite baseball players of all time. So yeah, I was, I was happy to see that.
1: Yeah. We talked about that. We did. Yeah. No, um, I've been to Atlanta a couple of times, got to spend a little time there. You know, it wasn't just visiting. I got to spend time with some Atlantans and they showed me around, uh, the both times I was there. So it was almost like I was on foreign exchange and it was, it's fun. I'm from Chicago that that's a city I could go to. Uh, I'm waiting for, uh, Dong city to attack your podcast. Cause, uh, Vince loves to go after Atlanta, but, um, I like Atlanta. I think it's cool. So, um, you know, I like the city. I like the team. I'm a Hank Aaron junkie. Uh, we'll throw a Shout out to the to the, the Hammer and Hank page at the end because, um, you know, every, when I was a kid, everybody wanted to be, ba- you know, Babe Ruth. But Babe Ruth was a lefty, so I wanted to be Hank Aaron because he's a righty. And he had quick hands and he could get over the top of even Sandy Koufax's fastball. So, and I mean, I'm not old enough to have seen Koufax play, but my dad was. And it's, I mean, I don't know. I am I was very excited to see Atlanta get that. I think they needed it. Uh, I don't want to get into politics at all, but after losing the all-star game, it was nice to see the city get a nice uh, boost like that. So that was cool. I thought that was cool.
0: Yeah. Um, I think I shared this on the last podcast was, um, you know, obviously um, Hank Aaron sadly passed away in January of this year. Um, and one stat that I always thought was interesting was they won the world series this year. Uh, the year that he died on the 44th week of the season. And that was Hank Aaron's number 44 Um, going into the trade deadline. They had 44 wins. So the first half of the season, they had 44 wins and the second half of the season, they had 44 wins. So it's just like the, the numbers, the number 44 popped up a lot in this season and it was super cool to see it all relate and it end in a world series championship.
1: Yeah, I was listening to the last podcast. I was 22, and I was digging up some tulips gardening. And not tulips, some other cannon bulbs and stuff. Ugh. But um, my uh, – I'm getting old. But my um, – <laughs> I remember you talking about that deck. I've even read it goes even deeper than that. There's a bunch of other 44s. I hope some I hope the next I hope the listeners are going to go school us and dig those up. I mean, even the day he passed had something to do with 44. So, yeah, there was a ton. I just was too busy to go look them up from the last yeah. podcast. Right. Uh, but yeah, I'm a huge fan of Hanks. I think he was a great person. I think he was an amazing player. Um I think he was you know, they, they joke about that 44. There was a big 44 in that outfield. And I mean, people joke or talk or quip that that was an annual field. So that was kind of cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Um, so, yes, I think for the third week in a row, I think we have to uh, extend our congratulations to the uh, Atlanta baseball team, Atlanta Braves, um, on a fantastic season and a well deserved World, World Series championship. They definitely had to earn this one. Um, so, let's. Uh let's get into Absolutely that. to rebuild
1: the outfield the way they rebuilt it was fun.
0: Yeah, it really was. Um yeah, rebuilding that outfield after they lost Ronald uh Ronald Acuna Jr. and they lost Marcelo Zuna. Um I again, I don't want to get into politics, but I really don't think you'll see Marcelo Zuna put on a baseball uniform ever again. Um as of as Trevor Bauer as well. Um but um after that, you know, right you're losing two big bats in your lineup and for them to retool that outfield and make it all the way. was really cool to see.
1: Yeah, I think we were joking that we could probably dig into this number I created, use it for 2021 and see how they piecemealed that outfield back together. Almost like Billy bean and, and Moneyball tried to replace Giambi with uh, his OPA or his OBP. Like I, we just need to add up to that. Give us three guys that can make a Giambi you know, Frankenstein it together and they Frankenstein an outfield together that got hot. And when you have pitchers and players that can get hot in the playoffs, you're, you're going to do it. So that's why I love it. And it was fun. It was fun. Yeah,
0: it was a lot of fun. So speaking of the stat that you created, let's go ahead and talk about that. So it, the stat that you've created really is like three, lit, uh, three smaller stats that go into a, that feed itself into one big stat. Um, so Maybe let's, before we get into the minutia of this stat that you created, why don't you tell the story of how you went about, why did you go about starting um, to create this stat? Like what made you say, you know what, I need to create this. New, I need to go find a stat that represents, you know, offensive players like this and and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create it on my own. What made you do that? <laughs>
1: Um, so I was, you know, I, I was not someone who had gotten into stats like this, uh, previously uh, until about a couple of years ago, I probably would have rolled my eyes when you said war. And when you said, and you know, when you say OPS plus, I'm like, Oh, here we go. Here's another one. But then you learn a little bit about these stats and you're, you start to realize how amazing they are, uh, especially something like OPS plus. So I started to embrace uh, advanced analytics and advanced statistics and start reading about them and learning about them and one of the stats uh that i came across when i was trying to prove that um mike schmidt was the goat at a at, uh, third base when people were saying george brett was better um one of the things i was digging around and finding was that Bill James, the famous Bill James, had created a number called the power speed number. And the power speed number was his way of looking through history or now, if you use it for current, for your power and speed guys, guys who had a, a nice amount of home runs and a nice amount of stolen bases. And this would give him those Jose Consecos and those Barry Bonds and things like that. So he and Molitor. So he went and looked and created this number. And I, I was looking at the number and I thought, well, this doesn't make sense to me. That's not the average. He didn't take their home runs and their stolen bases and average them. So I mouse over it and it explains he used harmonic average. So then I remembered, well, uh, derp. We're both teachers, and one of the units I teach my students is a little tiny little statistics unit, and I learned about and I teach my students about, because I used to say a chapter ahead of the students, I teach them about Pythagoras and his three averages. Pythagoras had his first average, which is mean, the one you know. Add them together divided by how many there are. There's also one called geometric average, and Bill James is all over that. If you follow him, he's talking about that yesterday. And that's where you multiply them all together and take the root of how many there were, and it, what that number does is shoots it dead down the center. And then there's the third number called harmonic average that weights to the lowest number of the set. So this is when I realized that that's why bill James used it. You can't have as many home runs as Babe Ruth and have as few, though it wasn't as few as many people think stolen bases as he had and be number three on that list. By mean, he would be way high on that list, but by harmonic average, he's way down that list where he should be because it weights to the lowest, which obviously is stolen bases. So, this all sort of got my mind ticking because I had just been on—I can't remember if it was Facebook or Twitter—and someone was dogging Ricky Henderson, and they were saying, Henderson," and I—I and, uh, I, I just sort of tell him, "No, he would be kind of a god right now, Whitney." And that we argued it back forth. I went and looked for some stats to prove my point and I, didn't, I couldn't find the ones I wanted. And I was saying that he was the greatest small baller of all time. And I just kept saying that. And someone said, well, what is small baller? What is that? So finally I decided to create a set of stats that all work together. The first one was called small ball. I won't explain it yet. I'll just tell you what the set was. The so second, second we- one was, before we continue,
0: your audio cut out a little bit. You're talking about oh. Ricky
1: Henderson, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. So, yes, I was talking about how, how someone was dogging Ricky Henderson and saying he probably wouldn't have a job in this sabermetrics world. And I was very surprised to hear that. So I argued it back and forth, looked for some statistics that were supporting me, and this dude apparently had looked for his, had looked at the same statistics. He was arguing them right back at me that how they weren't this, they weren't that. And I thought, okay, he's the greatest small baller of all time. And you can't argue that. And he said, well, Ty cop was better. And I said, Oh, okay. um, I got to figure this out. And the way I figured it out was by creating my own set. This set was a number that I created called small ball, another number that I created called big ball. And then I needed the number in the middle and I could not think of a better name. So I called it middle ball. I then took those three numbers and combine them into what I call all ball. So let's, do you want to talk now about what each set was and how I, and what, and how, and what the components of each set is?
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, let's go ahead, go ahead. and do okay. that. I always, I always think that's a really interesting uh, story though. I'm glad you told that story because again, we talked about, um, we talked about my favorite players of all time privately. And for those of you that don't know, my top five is um Jeter's number one. And then Ricky Henderson is number two. And then I have, um, Chipper Jones, Mike Trout, Vladimir Guerrero, but we can, you know, just for the listener's sake. But yeah, I always like that story because Ricky Henderson is one of my favorite players. But yeah, let's go into your, uh, let's go into your, uh, into your stat here. Let's start with a small ball. So what is small ball? What does that entail?
1: So what I what I did was first I thought okay, another side argument about Wade Boggs had started and it had spiraled from. George Brett and Mike Schmidt, who's better, right? Well, Wade Boggs needs to be talked about when you're talking about the 20 greatest third basemen of all time. So these two things start going on and on at the same time. One, I'm 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 trying to build a set of data to argue who are the top 20 third basemen. And then I'm trying to create a set for Ricky Henderson. So when I go create the set for Ricky Henderson, I go to create small ball and I think, all right, I'm going to take bases on balls. I'm going and his career, I'm going to take singles because it's a small ballers and then I'm going to take stolen bases and sacrifices whether they're sack hits or sacrifice add them together and add that to stolen bases and create my what I called sack stolen base a number and I liked that number because it was a way to make action happen without getting a hit right it's kind of the essence of small ball that other side of the the game that you're not using your bat to do, or you are using your bat to do it, but you're not getting on base. Right. Right. So I wanted to, I wanted to make this, this special small ball number. I took the average of everything and Ricky Henderson blows everybody away, but Wade Boggs is, I think he's like in the top 10 or something. (laughs) And I'm thinking, well, this number is really broken because Wade Boggs should not be in the top 10 and people are, and I'm talking to my pops about it. I'm talking to my brother about it. I'm talking to some people about it. They're like, well, Wade Boggs is a small baller i like, Wade Boggs was a contact data. Wade Boggs has 24 stolen bases in 21 years. And they're like, oh, okay. Okay, your number is broken. I'm like, that number is broken. So then I thought, oh, yeah, Bill James used harmonic average. So I went and used it. And if, you, you know, if we ever post these spreadsheets and, and let people see it, right at the top is the equation. You can Google how to do harmonic average. It's a slightly different equation that you just punch into Excel and you have it. What it does is it weights to the lowest. Wade Boggs goes from being top 20 small baller all time, because I just did mean, all the way down to 598, which makes sense. I mean, he shouldn't be off the list. The guy had a huge small ball side of his game, but he was not a base stealer. So he should not be on this list with Ricky Henderson. And he wasn't. And it hit me like lightning. Oh my goodness. So I have something here. And I start scrolling through and it started making sense. So that's when I went and made big ball. And that totally made sense. Big ball was based on extra base hits, or sorry, um, walks, extra base hits, and then RBI. And people say, RBI is all signal. What are you talking about? Well, for 100 years, RBI was one of the most important stats. I still think there's a clutch factor to that number, and I like that it's in the big ball number. I promise you, when you're crushing 100 RBIs every year, Scott Boris is mentioning that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) For sure. Um, yeah, totally. Because – and I like that RBI is in that number two. I looked at the middle ball. I looked at the middle.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Say that again?
0: I was uh, I was saying I like um, I like the fact that RBI is in the big ball number because usually the guys that have all the RBIs are the guys in the middle, which are the guys that hit the homers. So, you know, I'm good with that. Right. I like the big ball number. So, middle ball, you were saying about middle ball.
1: Yeah, it's a function of whether or not people are yeah. – yeah. Um, my two cents on RBI, people say it's a function of whether or not people are on base and you batting slot. Okay. It's also a function of whether or not you did something with it. So anyway, um, middle ball, middle ball has, has walks in it. So all three of these stats have walks in it, but if we're talking money ball and we're talking advanced metrics and we're talking today's MLB getting on base is what matters. So walks are in every one of these. Okay. And going forward, contracts are being signed like this. How are they getting on base? And I don't care how are they getting on base, right? And you can watch Moneyball and talk about how there's all the inaccuracies or how there's only one accuracy, Hattie's homer. But (laughs) the fact of the matter is they're signing contracts this way and getting on base matters. So middle ball becomes uh, just simply, and I'm thinking, well, what would Wade Boggs do, right? Walk, single, double. And these guys are your middle ballers these guys have huge value these guys are people you need after your fifth or your fourth or fifth hitter you want to backfill your or your order with these kinds of guys um you might even want them in your two slot you might even want them in your three slot it depends on what kind of stadium you're in if you're in fenway you want them in your two slot so i mean these things had value and i started to have this like thunderstruck lightning bolt moment that i had something but then i took harmonic average of the three of them and made the all ball number and this became the all around greatest player when people look at that number and look at those people they're like these are some of these people are kind of ticky tacky hitters you these people have to be able to steal so if you if you want a three or a four in your lineup you don't necessarily want the all baller unless it's mike trout or barry bonds you know what i mean or molitor These guys are freaks because they're that five tool. These are five tool guys, right? You don't necessarily want to sacrifice a bunch of the things you want at three or four to have all those other things. So you want a big baller. But the set becomes incredibly useful because you just pull it out for 2021 and you put your fancy football, fancy baseball team together. Sorry, I played fancy football for 20 years and now I'm really into fancy baseball.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So. Uh, yeah, I think that's a really, really interesting number. Um, it does. And I, what I, I think what I like about this number, cause he, you and I have been talking about this for a while. And what I think I like about this number is not only is it a stat, but it also puts a narrative behind these players. Like, you know, you know, when you start looking at some of these players that are on the list and, um, of all time players, you're like, Oh yeah, he was a really good, uh, big ball hitter or you know what yeah that guy really got you in number in a number of ways and it really starts to show you wow this guy really did have a very complete offensive game you know and the other thing that I liked was it highlighted some players that you may never you may not necessarily think about as being up there but then you think about it and you're like oh yeah I guess I guess that guy does belong up there you know
1: yeah, uh, one. Yeah, I, I thank you so much uh, um, for saying that because I feel the same way. When I look at these numbers, I start to I I, I get nostalgic. It is romantic. These these numbers have stories. Um, when I tell people clone me, I mean I always tell people I got a bunch of little kids. We're both teachers. We know how busy that is. Um, I've got an hour commute on either end of it. I'm a busy guy. I wish i could clone myself and write this book because i stare at these numbers and it's just stories it's just stories i even there's I, you know there's other harmonic averages i created one i called dead ball and ray chapman the only man to have died is the leader like it, and it just happened and when you hit sort is when you find out who the leaders are so it's it's it's, it's exciting it's romantic there's stories behind it it's historical baseball is american history um so i just absolutely get geeked out about these numbers i i there's a there's 10, 10 stories every time i look at them and you're right you look at that you look at that and you go that's how that guy was good or this guy was the best whatever cool that's awesome but what it also pulls out is that bobby abreu needs to go into the hall of fame because all around that guy was awesome yeah and in the society and in, and in an age like today with that many walks he'd be a shoe in yeah right? So he's going BC at least. I mean, he's getting in there. He deserves to be in there. I agree
0: too. I had, so him. yeah,
1: these numbers on un- these numbers uncovered. Un- I'm sorry. What was that?
0: I said, I had have my most recent ballot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at these numbers, his all ball numbers off. I mean, it's way up there and we, you know, we can, we can start talking about who's who on these lists if you want. Um, Yeah. Like who who are the best, you know, all all the time, who are the greatest small ballers? Let's talk about it. Yeah. All right. So, Oh, last, last thing I then created, um, what I call the, uh, huggers or the HGRs, the harmonic game rates. That's where I took all those same numbers, all those same stats and divided by games. And it created these game rates, these game rates. When I dropped the game requirement down to 500 games, it unveiled all the Negro League players. It was like they walked out of the cornfield, man. It was chilling to see this. And we can t- talk about some of those numbers in a bit. To see that the other Babe Ruth, Josh Gibson, is, and I'm wearing his jersey right now. I'm wearing his Gray's jersey right now. He's standing right next to Babe Ruth. Yeah. And to see people call uh, Buck Leonard, the other Lou Gehrig, and it, to see when you hit sort, this magic thing happens where his number is directly next to Luke Eric's number. I mean, it gets kind of, it, it, it gets kind of, it gets almost emotional. Yeah. So, you know, I sent I, that's where you talked before about the Negro league uh, baseball museum in Kansas city um, Bob Kendrick, the president of that has seen his numbers and he has retweeted them because he he's, he thinks it's pretty cool. And it, I, I don't know, I, I, I don't want to get, you know, too excited about this number, but these numbers, this set of numbers, but you know, it's pretty interesting to hear people like Buck Leonard, um, John Jordan, Buck Leonard, call Oscar Charleston the greatest player he's ever seen. And to see him be the all time harmonic game rate. So per game, because we don't have enough of their games, right. but game rate per game, he's, he's the all around greatest. Yeah. You know, Ty Cobb's fifth because you've got guys like Bill Joyce, Tris Speaker, Ed Delahanty in there per game. Right. So, I mean, it was really, really exciting to make this number, to come up with this, Um, and now I'm just trying to, you know, spread the word about it. I'd love to see people reference it someday, not, I don't care if my name's on it, I care if they reference the number, simply because I think it is literally that useful. Yeah,
0: I think it's useful too. Um, You already got one because I used it on total basis. I think it was a week ago. Um, I've been using it on that whole series of, of uh, offensive players and I've taken it into consideration when, you know, talking about the 2021, you know, um, we, I did it for rookies. I did it for the offensive players. Um, Yeah. I referenced it and uh,
1: yeah, you, you did a cool, you did a cool one with it where you took it and did it for team. And we were both like, dude, the Padres were built well, they They just didn't do it. They just didn't do it. Yeah.
0: When you uh, so what what he's talking about is yeah, I started fiddling around with these numbers and I decided to do it by team. And when I when you sort it by team, the number one team in terms of harmonic average is um, the San Diego Padres, which really shows you that th- what what they did to build that team was right. They just fell apart at the end. Which again, there's another story there. You got a what was supposed to be a really well made offensive team, just fall apart at the end. And that's been my MO for the last couple, couple weeks is, yeah, you can put all this stuff on paper, but you still got to play the game, you know, you right. still gotta go on the field. And so, yeah, on paper, the Padres were built to be the best offensive team all around and they still fell apart. So absolutely. Yeah.
1: So, absolutely, I'm never going to be a guy who's going to, I'm going to build my fancy baseball team using this. Oh, but wow. i'm going to use my brain too i mean if you're telling me some, i need this guy over this guy i'm not always going to do it right so i think that these types of analytics are brilliantly useful if used with that very special eye that people develop over generations i mean you know, you've got scouts that are generational and you can't you can you, can't, you cannot throw that eye out that eye is too valuable but at the same time you can you can bring that eye into the 21st century with some spreadsheets
0: Yeah, exactly. And what, and we're going to get into it in a second is, um, I think it also brings you know while you also use your eye test I think this stat will be able to also bring to light some players you may not necessarily think of when you're building your um when you're building a real life roster or when you're building your fantasy baseball roster like I believe when I was on Total basis, I was the only one that had Robbie Grossman as one of the better hitting outfielders of uh of 2021 and everybody was like Robbie Grossman I'm like yeah because he's right around the top in all you know I he's not at the top but he's in the top half in almost in every single category when you look at the 2021 season so yeah robbie grossman had a really good season absolutely yeah yeah so his um, all ball
1: number his all ball he's 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 six he's six all ball so all around when you take the three categories and take the harmonic average of them he wasn't low enough in any of the three small, middle, or ball to get pulled out of the top 10. That's kind of how you look at harmonic average. Did anything yank them out of the top 10? And when we go to the all-time, we'll look at Babe Ruth and say, man, he was just too good at too many things for these harmonic averages to pull him out of the top whatever. So yeah, Um, Robbie Grossman was too good at too many things to get pulled out of there. I think you're absolutely right. For fantasy, it has huge value because I need a guy I need this mean guy. I need this. I don't mean mean like his anger. I mean a guy who gives me a lot of things. I don't need him to spike out and peek at anything. I need a lot of things from him though. And then I think a huge value. I don't know if you play roto, but rotisserie roto. If I mean you could literally build a harmonic average out of your league, and then it would just tell you what players you need. Yeah. So I'm going to play with that <laughs> yeah. next year. I'm going to be like, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm why just going to like Roto, Roto, Roto. I'm going to build Roto machines. Like yeah. what, what's your league? Okay. <laughs> These are your players. Right. Thank you. Give me a hundred dollars.
0: So let's get into it. Let's go to the, um, let's go to the top 2021 20, players and then we'll get to top all time. Um, so do you want to go small sure. ball, mid ball, big ball, and then finish it off with all ball? Sure. Okay.
1: So uh you want me to write them off? Yeah, sure. You uh let's start with small ball. Sure. So Miles Straub pulls off as our best small baller with he's got a 67 bases on ball, he's got a hundred and nineteen singles, and his sack plus stolen base numbers 35. That's low, but with a base on ball and singles number that high, he's able to maintain just by a point one over Whit Merrifield for the first slot. He technically, according to this number, is your best small baller last year.
0: Yeah. Which was really Whit good. Merrifield,
1: yeah. Whit Merrifield is your next, but Starling Marte is now the hot topic. He's on, he's, everybody wants him right now. Why? To fill a hole. Yeah. Okay, Starling Marte isn't going to be your MVP. Starling Marte is going to be the guy that fills the hole and gets the job done. He's the missing piece that's what these numbers can do for you.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, not that people don't know Starling Marte is a great small baller, but when you look at his numbers and go, well, yeah, he's the third best small baller. Then you start looking around. When we get to him later, we start to realize, well, he's pretty good at some other things too. So um, Cedric Mullins, Nicky Lopez, Robbie Grossman comes in at sixth on the small ball list. Jose Ramirez, <laughs> who can beat up baseball's real mean like, comes in at seventh on the small ball list. Tommy Edman and... Shohei Otani is tenth on the small ball list. So these are guys who have a harmonic average of base on balls, singles, and sacks plus steals. You put those numbers together in this harmonic average equation, and you find out these are the top ten guys. Tatis pulls in eleven. Bo Bichette, uh Randy. Uh, what did we? What did they? What did they go with over on uh, total bases? Was it a? Uh, Sand Rice, or was it Rice-Sand?
0: Oh, uh, it was um, Sand Rice. Sand,
1: sand Rice, okay, Sand <laughs> Rice, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, he comes in at 13, Manny Machado at 14. You're like, wow, Tatis and Machado, 11 and 14 on the Padres at small ball. Yeah. These guys are known for their bat, but then you get the small ball component of them too, and you start to realize how they, these guys are beasts and they're valuable. That team was built well. Yes, it was.
0: So, yeah, um, so, yeah, I I think the biggest surprise for me is probably um, Shohei Ohtani, simply because we all knew of his power and we all knew of his speed, but we didn't know, you know, I don't, I think the fact that he just hits the ball, you know, kind of goes by the wayside.
1: So, you know. Uh, yep. And then I think, you know, this number, some error analysis on this number would be sack fly. If they're a huge, huge sack fly person, even though they, that's not as big a number as it used to be. But if you're a huge sack fly guy, it can skew this number a little, right? Because that gets added into stolen bases. You know, but in the end, we look at these numbers. It's like yeah, they, they don't just have the sacks. And if they do just have the sacks, that harmonic average pulls toward the lowest and yanks them way down. Just right. like Wade Boggs, when I finally did it, got yanked down on small ball. You know, he's top ten middle ball, but he shouldn't have been top twenty small ball. He doesn't steal bases, so yeah. yeah. Glaber Torres twenty number twentieth as our small baller for those people ready to gobble him up when the Yankees dispose of him because they just want to get rid of him. Yeah. What about middle ball? So our middle ball number comes in with Bryce Harper as our best middle baller. He's got hundred bases on balls. He's got 73 singles, and he's got his 42 doubles. So he, he, he's got a little bit of distance. You know, he, he's he's about he's well, three and a half. You know, he's a 63.1, and um, Candelario is a 59.6. So there's a little distance there between one and two. Uh, Brian Reynolds comes in at third. Goldie, Paul Goldschmidt comes in at fourth. Semyon is there at fifth, and you're going to hear about him again because you didn't hear about him in the top 10 small ball, but you just heard about him in the top 10 middle ball. Um, JP Crawford, six, Matt Olson. JD Martinez, that's somebody interesting for teams out there. Um, Carlos Correa is your number nine middle baller. And then um, Joan mancada is your 10th middle baller. He's got, and, and it's funny, people are like, really? But the reason they call this harmonic average is because you need a harmony in the numbers. Yeah. If you have one of these things, that's way too low. You're out. Yeah. But if you have enough things high enough, you will surprise people by popping high on this list mm-hmm. because you didn't have anything too low. That's the best way to think about these harmonies. So, you know, you can create any of these harmonies that you want. You know, I have a bunch of these, you know, power, walk, run, you know, home runs, walks and runs. You know, um, on base, uh, what I call on on single steal. you know, Ricky Henderson's true number. How many times you get on, how many times did you steal, and how many singles did you have? Take the harmonic average of that, and Ricky Henderson's, like, walking off the page. <laughs> so you can make harmonic averages any way you want. I These are just the categories I chose, because and it took me literally months to just decide on the categories. Yeah. Um, and I like this middle ball one. Some people hate it. They're like, what? Walk single, st- walk single, s- double. I'm like, walk single, double sounds like a really awesome person on my team. I want that person.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So let's. So yeah, Jonathan India pulls, number- Jonathan India pulls number 13 as a rookie on that list. Vlad Guerrero pulls 14 on that list. He's not just a power hitter. He's got that middle, right? Yep. Uh,
0: well, speaking of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., he's pretty high up on that big ball, isn't he?
1: He sure is. That big ball is going to come in with Shohei Otani coming in at um, first. He's got the 96 walks. He's got the 80 extra base hits. He's got the 100 RBI, RSBi, (laughs) (laughs) and he comes in at the top big baller. You know that harmonic average. Nothing's too low. Everything's high. Everything's super high. So he comes in at first. But Vlad's right behind him. Um, He's about one and 1.6 points behind him. Um, with, you know, 86 walks, 78 extra base hits and 111 RBI. Some people were like, I'll take those 111 RBI over those hundred, uh, RBI. Cool. That's where your brain came in and you weren't a beep, boop, boop computer and you made a decision, right? These numbers helped you. These numbers helped you get a group of guys you want to look at. Right. Right. right this isn't this isn't a ticker tape you know you punch it you punch it in and it comes out here's your team and if you didn't do it this way you're a dump you're a dunce that's not what it is this is for us to be like yeah when i tell people i rank my favorite player of all time ryan sandberg i rank him number 93 people are like you haven't ranked to 93 i'm like i have it ranked to 2700 but you can argue Rhino up 10 or down 10 if you just start digging around at other numbers, right? Mm -hmm. This isn't the all the greatest number of all time, but it definitely puts them in a ballpark. and And when we talk in the end of how I then took this special all ball number and crossed it with war and OPS+. plus and created the all warps number. Well, now you've got this number across era. You've got this number normalized for stadiums. And all of a sudden, this becomes an incredibly comprehensive number. Yeah. So our big ballers, our top 10. Otani, Guerrero, Matt Olson, who also was in your top 10 for your middle ball. Bryce Harper, number four big baller, number one middle baller. I'm feeling, I'm smelling MVP off that. You got Semyon, who's five. He's five on middle ball, and he's five on big ball. You got our boy Soto over there with his play discipline also coming in super high on big ball, Jose Ramirez, who's number seven on small ball is number seven on big ball. So all of a sudden Jose Ramirez is someone I need on my fantasy baseball team. If for somehow I was somehow sleeping on this guy. Cause he's over in Cleveland. Right. right. Um, I got, D- I got Devers, I got Muncie and I got Brandon Lowe at 10 for the big ball. So there's your 10 big ball. Aaron Judge is 12 for your Yankee fans. I didn't want you to freak out. <laughs> you know the yankee fans they yes. need their love yes. the, you know, 27 championships but we still need to show them love
0: <laughs> so yep yeah, those those are pretty big who's who's of of big ball
1: people um what about all ball yeah so uh, again that big ball some people are like i don't need your other list i want the big ball list yeah me too those are your those are your three four and five hitter i mean you grab yourself four of those dudes and you're going to win of course those are the guys you want these are the mvp candidates these are the guys because these are the numbers that are really crazy they really matter your driving runs in and it really really matters yeah. so yeah uh big ball is the number that people love that's the list people love but let's talk about all ball let's do the harmonic average on the great on all the small ballers all the middle ballers and all the big ballers. The harmonic average, if you're too low on small ball, you're not going to be high on this list. Jose Ramirez comes in at first as the all-round, all ball best player. He's all round the best player according to this number. Well, when you come in, in top 10 on small ball and top 10 on big ball, you're a pretty valuable player. Right. Cedric Mullins comes in at number two. Bryce Harper's number three. Otani's number four because of that small ball number. Merrifield comes in at five. Robbie Grossman, we just talked about him, but you can't you can't come in in the top 10 on um, small ball and then rank as highly as he did on middle and big not to all of a sudden stay high on that list, which he did. Manny Machado is number seven, all ball. Marcus Semien is number eight, all ball. Fernando Tatis is number nine, all ball. And Ozzy LBs, <laughs> the, the guy people were not even talking about on that team because of all the stars comes through at number 10 on the all ball some people are like yeah but these aren't these aren't you know that's not the right order of who's the best player i didn't say that these are the best all-round players these players are giving you the best all-round offensive production these are guys you want on your fancy baseball team these are guys you want on your team but they might you you're going to couple them with a couple guys off the other lists too. Right. Um, but all around, these are our top 10 players according to this number.
0: It's, it's super interesting. And I think the one thing, cause I, I did this on, I, I ran these numbers too, and did it on total bases. And, um, I think Felipe's biggest problem was my omission of Vladimir Guerrero jr. And I was like, well, when you look at this all ball, when you look at the all ball, he gets dragged way down because he's down at the bottom of the small ball number. Right. You know? So, right. and it, so when you look at the all ball. It, so,
1: so I agree. Exactly. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, so when that you- all, yeah, that all ball number, you're not bringing him onto your team for his you know for his base running um you're not bringing him on to the team for his stolen bases um you're bringing him on and you're not bringing him onto your team for how he plays the game small you're bringing him onto the your team for how he plays big and he's the second biggest baller on this in the league last year so yeah you want him um, i've made some numbers like i've done the middle big ball number and i've done the small middle number you just take the harmonic average of those two and it's really interesting. And maybe that's what you want to do too. If I, if I'm a GM, I got my list, but I want my small middle guy and I want my middle big guy. Right. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't want the all ball number. It's cool to have, but I want, I want the three lists and then I want the combos of just those two. You know what I mean? Or maybe I want a power speed version where I want my small big guy. I don't care about the middle. Those lists are valuable. I mean, GMs and, the, and the, their teams of statisticians are doing these kinds of things. And I, I just think this is a number that when, when, when it fleshes out to, to, to show the, your eye test, these, your eye is right. You know, when we look at the all-time people, um, if we have time, your eyes right. Your eyes right. Look at it. These, you can put five layers of harmonic average in to my all-warps number, and Babe Ruth is still the greatest player of all time. Yeah. Harmonic average should pull him out of that top number because of his steals but he's so good at so many other things and the second greatest set of numbers i'm not going to talk about whether or not he should be considered the second greatest player but barry Bonds has the second greatest set of numbers according to this he set his numbers are second on that list whether or not you put him on that list um but you know he was slightly deficient enough in enough things where babe wasn't that it overcame that lack of steals so again i think these are incredibly useful numbers. I think it gives me you – know, give me the three guys who are next, right? Or I think you could have rebuilt Atlanta's outfield using this, right? They needed four guys. All right, I need uh, – give me a small baller, a middle baller, and two big ballers. Give me a, give me a small baller, two middle ballers, and a big baller. Let's go find them. we got to replace some heavy hitters, man. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of how they did it for Giambi, supposedly, according to Moneyball. <laughs> but, Yeah. Uh, I think you could, I think you could use these numbers to do that. Um, yeah. Did you want to just quickly mention what all warps were? i mentioned what all warps was. Did you want to run through those top 10? Uh,
0: yeah, we can do the all warps top 10 for 2021. Is that what you're talking
1: about? Yep. yep. Okay. I'm ready. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. So all, yeah, all warps. I took my all ball number and I crossed it with war and this is not fan war. I'm sorry. Don't. Freak out on me! This is baseball reference war, and then I took OPS plus. I'm a nerd about OPS plus. God, I love it. I mean, when you normalize for your era, now I start now. Now I can compare how good Babe Ruth was compared to his era, and then I can compare how good so and so was to their era. I feel like you've really created a comprehensive number. I took all ball war and OPS plus, and took the harmonic average of them, and I did it for last season, and I also did it for 2,700 retired players all time, um, and the top ten all warps people. Now this is bringing in fielding because part of their war number is their base running and their fielding components and things like that. So it's becomes a pretty comprehensive number. Um, Marcus Semien pulls down the number one slot for all warps because of that 7.1 war that he had, he had a 133, I guess, plus. So with his all ball number of 52, when Marcus Semyon comes in at eighth on the all ball number, When you put in war and OPS Plus, in my opinion, you could make the argument he's the most valuable player all around for that season. Juan Soto comes in at number two. Jose Ramirez comes in at number three. Fernando Tatis comes at number four. Carlos Correa turning down that money. Why? He's number five on this list. Scott his, his agents like, have you seen his all warps number? They're like, well, What's all warps? They're like, Oh, you gotta listen to round troopers. <laughs> Vlad Guerrero pulls down se- Vlad Guerrero pulls down seven. Now people are like, I'd take Vlad Guerrero over the six guys over that. Right. You would for certain positions on your team, right? But you can't necessarily say he's an all around better player than the guys, the six guys above him. There's a whole base running component of baseball. So Paul Schmidt comes in at eighth. He's not dead. And then Tyler O'Neill. Comes in at nine. Wow. He's got a 6.3 war. He's got a 150 OPS plus. I mean, his all ball number is only a 40. So it's low. Yeah. It's low. But Carlos Correa's all ball number is only 31.6. It's very low. These guys have huge war and they have huge OPS plus. So that number couldn't pull them out. And Bryce Harper's number 10 on the all warps number. So... It's interesting. I think it's interesting. I like it. Um, I don't think it works as great for a single season. Right. right. Cause I don't think, I don't necessarily, th- I, 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 mean, I think I kind of give Bryce Harper MVP of the NL. I, I mean, you, you did. I, I think I do too. Um, he's not the 10th best player in the league, not last year. So I don't necessarily think the number works that great on a single season, but when you look at it for whole careers, it gets pretty interesting.
0: Okay. So, uh, speaking of whole careers, let's transition to whole careers. Um, uh, we can do the all time, um, numbers. So do you want to do, do you want to go back to small, middle, big ball, or do you want to stay? Sure. with all warps?
1: Yeah, I'm ready. I got the spreadsheet right out. Do I have all warps right on here? No, but I'm ready with that. All right. So our small ball number and let's refresh, uh, everybody at home. That's walks singles. And then I created the sack plus steel number. So I added sack hits and sack flies together, and then I added that to stolen bases. And I liked it because, again, it wasn't, the, it wasn't a ball-in-play number. So I liked that that small ball component was there. Um, initially, I was going to call this inside ball, which was that small ball style in the old-timey days. Our top 10 guys, and this goes across the generations in the era, um, our top 10 small ballers are going to be Ricky Henderson. And let's just, he blows everyone away. He's hundreds of points ahead of everyone. No, there is no gap in any of these numbers as big as Ricky is in front of Eddie Collins, and Eddie Collins was no slouch when it came to small ball. He's, oh, he's over 100 points ahead of Ty Cobb, and Ricky's blowing them away, blowing them away. Ricky Henderson is, according to this number, the greatest small baller. Eddie Collins, Ty Cobb, Joe Morgan, Rock Reigns, Max Carey, Billy Hamilton, the original. I was going to say,
0: wait a minute. <laughs> the
1: original. The Hall of, yeah, the original Hall of Famer. I show people this number and they're like, Billy Hamilton's that good? I'm like, no, no, not that one. <laughs> like the original. The original first. Yeah, no, the one, the, the old-timey Bill, Billy Hamilton. And then Tris Speaker, Honus Wagner. And for all the Cardinals, I'm a Cubs fan, so yeah, all the Cardinals fans out there, Ozzy Smith is oh. the 10th best small baller wow so they can be like they can be like ha, his, his ops plus was only 87 but he's the he's the greatest defender that's ever lived because they say this and um they also then they can they can say he's in the top 10 small ballers of all time because he was he moved that's, he he did he did put the ball in play and he did move on those bases
0: yeah so that's that's, that's yeah. interesting i would have the, never put aussie smith on any of these lists that's really interesting
1: the wizard pulls down, yeah, top 10 that's, that's uh, for small ball. So uh, middle ball. Um, oh, and the who's who's are, are on that list for, you know, Barry Bonds, Lou, you know, Lou Brock, um, Paul Molitor, Omar Vizquel, uh, Bobby Alomar, uh, George Davis and his awesome mustache from the old days, Bill Dolan. I mean, those got Kenny Lofton's number 21. So the who's who are there, they're there. Um, let's jump to middle ball. Our, our middle ball is, let us not forget is walks, singles, doubles, okay? So there's a little power in that number, but there's a little speed in that number because a double can be you hit it off the wall or a double can be you legged it out. Pete Rose is the greatest middle baller of all time, and I think we already knew that. (laughs) We kind of already knew he was going to win that number before I hit sort, and he sure did. Um, Tris Speaker comes in. but If you look at Tris Speaker's number, he's the quintessential middle baller. Um, Doubles for days. Stan Musial, Stan the man. Classic middle baller, just hit, 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 hit. Ty Cobb, you got Ty Cobb at third in small ball, Ty Cobb at fourth in middle ball. Uh, yeah, Carl Strzemski coming in at fifth in the middle ball, Barry Bonds, I mentioned him at 11th on small ball, he's sixth in middle ball. He had a boatload of walks, obviously, he had a boatload of singles and doubles. He wasn't just home run hitter, Barry Bonds, or uh, Barry Bonds is sixth. Hank Aaron seventh, Craig Biggio eighth. And you're like, well, yeah, Craig Biggio was a middle baller. And then you think of Ricky Henderson. You're like, well, he had some power and he did get some doubles. So Ricky Henderson comes in at ninth on that middle ball list. And then when I think middle baller, I definitely think Wade Boggs. And I definitely think he belongs in the top 10. And there he is, number 10. Okay. Your other middle ballers though, I've mentioned that people think are missing from the top 10. George Brett, Paul Molitor, uh, Raphael Palmero, Eddie Murray, Honus Wagner, Paul Weiner. Cal Ripken Jr., Ted Williams, Bobby Abreu, and Chipper Jones at number 20 Oh. for middle ball. I thought Chipper Jones was power. He was quite the middle baller. Yes, he was. All right. Jumping to big ball, we have our bases on balls, extra base hits, and ribs. RSBI. All right? <laughs> RBIs. RSBI. Um, and I did pull these numbers. It's interesting. I pulled these numbers on 7-4. I pulled them on Independence Day. And it's interesting, I had to redo them all on Independence Day because in June, at the end of June, they had released all the Negro League numbers as true NLB League numbers, as if it was the AL. People were like, well, they didn't, have to, they, didn't, they didn't play against white players. Well, white players didn't play against black players. And guess what, guys? Most of the time, AL players don't have any stats against NL players either. That's all either exhibition or postseason. So, you know, it was interesting when I pulled those those middle, uh, those um, harmonic game rates out and got to see uh, the Negro league players come out. Um, but it was also kind of funny because they gave um, Willie Mays a 23rd season because he played on the black Barons when he was 17 and they went to the championship. That's verified now. So that's a true MLB statistic now and treat it like a third league. So uh, it's, it's enriching. I find it exciting and there's a whole piece of history in that, which could be a whole nother podcast. Someday. Yes, All right, our big ballers the best big baller. And you're like, I thought you said Babe Ruth. Well, Babe Ruth was the, we'll talk later about Babe Ruth. The best big baller is Barry Bonds. I mean, the walk number is going to carry him. He's got 2,558 walks. He's also got 1,440 extra base hits. He's also got 1,996 RBI. So dude's got enough in each that nobody could overtake him in this big ball world right um you can say whatever you want to say about it you can say that those stats are fake but those numbers exist and they're on the spreadsheet so you could put XXXXX for his name if it really bothers you you could be a barry bonds fan and say see he is the you know he belongs whatever anyway you look at it those numbers exist those numbers happen in the mlb and they're here those are the best big ball numbers that have ever happened Mm -hmm. um but it you know he's about a hundred ahead of babe ruth Hank Aaron's the third greatest big baller of all time. Stan the man Musial is the fourth. So Stan the man's over here at third in middle ball, and then Stan the man's fourth over here at big ball. Hank's seventh in middle ball and third in big ball. Yastrzemski, or no, sorry, Ted Williams, um, who I think is the most underrated big baller of all time. If he didn't go to war, I think he would have had some serious, Home run numbers. I also think people just forget how good of a home run hitter he was. Dude had power. Yeah. He's the fifth big baller. Carl Yaz is the sixth. Willie Mays is the seventh. Lou Gehrig is the eighth, who I think is one of the most underrated players of all time. A-Rod, you can argue about his, him and, and his place in history, but A-Rod's numbers are ninth. And Mel Ott, number 10, big baller. Wow. You're like, you're missing the beast, double X. Okay, he's there. The next 10, Tomy. Frank Robinson, Jimmy Fox, Palmero, Ken Griffey Jr., Frank Thomas, David Ortiz, Eddie Murray, Manny Ramirez, and Ty Cobb with his forgotten power is 20, 20th because the extra base hits from doubles carried him.
0: Right. Wow. That's that's a really, really interesting group of players there on all of those oh, lists. yes. Yeah.
1: I'll take any of them. Yeah, put yeah. any of those guys on my team.
0: <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm not mad if any of those guys are on my team. Like I your, your,
1: boy, your boy Chipper's uh, 21. Ah, there
0: you go. All right, good for Chipper. Uh, so, all ball. What does it look like
1: for all ball? All right, so I took the harmonic average of those three, and I created the all ball number. And because Ty Cobb's too high on all the lists, Ty Cobb is the all-round greatest player of all time. But I don't think a lot of people would argue that. I mean, he was a huge small baller, a huge middle baller, but he did have some power and definitely legged out a lot of doubles and triples. So, I mean, he wasn't a beast, but for the day he had power. So he's the, he's the greatest all baller of all time. According to this best all round game, the second best all round game would be Ricky The second best all round game. The third best all round game is going to surprise a lot of people, but they forget what he was before the off season where he gained 35 pounds. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds was a 30-for-30 30 30 guy, right, a 30-and-30, 30 30, you know. So Barry Bonds should be on this, uh, very high on this list. In, in fact, giving up the stolen bases for the home runs wasn't enough to have pulled him down. That's the best way to look at Barry Bonds. All those stolen bases and sacks that he accumulated over time was enough to keep him up here as the third all-round greatest set of numbers that's ever existed and you got to remember this is the harmonic average of three sets the harmonic average of three sets the harmonic average of three sets and then the harmonic average of those three sets so there's a lot of layers here and if you were not good at something it was going to you was going to weed out and he these people were so good at so many things they stayed up here Ty Cobb Ricky Henderson Barry Bonds Tris Speaker Eddie Collins Honus Wagner Joe Morgan Hank Aaron Willie Mays and Paul Molitor, who – dude's a third baseman with 500 stolen bases, or he's a DH with 500 stolen bases. I don't care which one you call him. That's some all-round game there. That's kind of the who's who of the five tool guys.
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, it really is. It, I mean, every time we put these, we put these lists together um, and we, we – you know, and I sit here and I look at them, I'm like, man – This is such an interesting group of people because you would, I, you know, these guys are some of the greatest players of all time. But you would never, I feel like you would never put all of those players together in a group of people unless it's with this stat. And yeah, it is. It is so comprehensive that it almost forces you to look at this group of people in that way. You know, and like this is some of the most comprehensive stuff I've seen anyway to really figure out now we're not just like, just like you've said, we're not arguing the greatest player of all time. We're saying just all around, all around offensive game. Obviously right. there's other parts to offense or there's other parts sure. to baseball, but I mean, all around game or all around uh, offense, you really have to pay attention to it. And th- th- these really are the who's who of the five tool players.
1: You right know. and i de- and I definitely think that it, you know to hark back to hark uh, to hark back to the me talking about how oh this isn 't so useful for a single season that was that all warps number with the war and the o p s plus in it because war gets a little interesting for a single season right right you want to look at that over a whole career because one point one and one point oh one point two and one point oh is you know isn 't that huge of a difference in a single season but it can affect that number. But the all ball number is really useful over a single season because I'm just looking at this harmonic average of nine different stats. So, and and it's interesting because I'm not doing it just like you said, I'm not doing it of, of the nine stats. If I took the harmonic average of these nine stats, it would be different. Well, bases on ball would be repeated over and over again. But what this does is it specifically breaks them into how they're good. Like, how are they good? You said, Here's the top 10 guys. I wouldn't necessarily put them on a team. Well, I don't know. I might put those 10 guys on a team but, um, and figure out where to play them. I'm like, I'll figure it out. Yeah. But um, you're right. It makes you look at them and then go, okay, how would these guys fit in my team? Okay, give me the top 10. All right, I need two of them. Okay, these are the holes in my team. This is where I need, right? Um, I need some base running, right? Oh, I need some power. Oh, I need, I need contact, right? All right, and then you can look at these guys and go – they've got it all give me the one that's a little better on this right and that's where you get specialized for your team so i I don't know man i think it's pretty cool i'm very interested to see how this works on fantasy next year
0: yeah me too because i think i'm gonna i'm gonna take some uh i'm gonna take this into consideration uh did we do all time all warps
1: we did not and that's the one i'm most excited about because that actually gets pretty cool that's that's where you're like okay those are the best all-round players but who are the best players? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to argue that if you trust the war number, which people will rage and destroy your entire office and trash everything if you even mention war. <laughs> but if you accept war and for what it is, and I like it because I neglect runs in all my stats, and I did that on purpose because if you want – people want to yell at me for RBI, it's signal. Okay, well, then don't also yell at me that runs is signal. Okay, um, I've got only one signal number in there, um, but you know, WAR runs are pretty important. So, I, I like the WAR number. I, I think it has a lot of value. Um, and then I really love OPS plus right. because it it's per era. You know, you look at Babe Ruth's OPS plus, and you're like 206. I mean, no one's ever been that much better than the average player in baseball, or maybe in any. Sport ever. I mean, you might have to go to Wilt Chamberlain, and maybe you could argue that. But I mean, Serena, Pelé, uh, Michael Jordan. Uh, I mean, I. It gets pretty hard to argue that you, that this that these guys are twice as good as average pros. <laughs> I mean, Babe Ruth was a freak. So let's do the all-werps number. It is. They're all-ball number. It is WAR and it is OPS plus. It is the harmonic average of those. So you gotta be good at all of them, and Babe Ruth comes out in the top. He, he, he can push ahead of, of Barry Bonds by about six points. And, and his number is 247. Um, it's a somewhat arbitrary number uh, until you start looking at it in relation to the other all warps numbers out there. But it's all war or it's all ball war and OPS plus. And I went with all warps instead of the O from OPS plus because that got derogatory. I won't even say it. <laughs> but yeah, all warps plus is the what I went with. And uh, Babe Ruth. His tops. Barry Bonds is number two. Ty Cobb is number three. I mean, these guys put up unbelievable all round numbers, but they also have a ton of war and they were so much better than the other people in their era. Um, Willie Mays, people are like, you This is a dumb number if Willie Mays isn't in the top five. Well, he's number four. <laughs> he's number four on the All Warps number. And I think that you can definitely make the argument that Willie Mays is in the top five all round players of all time. Um, And then Hank Aaron comes in at fifth. And it's nice to see Hank up there because I think it's forgotten at how good he was at so many things. And unfortunately it's just like anybody. They have to pass away for us to finally realize how great they are. Um, Tris Speaker. I mean, go read about this dude. I mean, he dominated Rogers Hornsby. Unbelievable numbers. Honus Wagner. Like don't, Please don't talk to me about anybody else that's a shortstop until you mention Honus Wagner. His numbers destroy everyone else. Rogers Hornsby's numbers destroy any other second baseman. Um, Stan the Man Musial comes at number 10, and I do love that because he was a machine. The dude was a machine, and he put up numbers forever. And uh, he had an LPS plus of 159. So I mean he's 59% better than the average player. People are like, is it really 59%? Be-? It is really 59% better than the average number i mean he he was a beast of don um and he had a decent enough all-around game that it couldn't pull him out of the top ten and then lou garrick who i think might be the most everyone's like everyone knows Lou is great i say lou is in the top 10 greatest players to ever live and he's right here top 10 he's number 10. Who like well where's mickey Mantle? where's ted williams well Ted williams has what 19 stolen bases i forget what the number is so when you're talking all-around game there's a hole there and then don't even start to talk about his his defense right like he's not the greatest left fielder of all time he was thinking about hitting you you can argue he's the greatest hitter of all time but i don't know if you can argue he's the greatest all-round player of all time but he still comes in at 13th mickey Mouse comes in at 12th eddie collins comes in at 11th jumping back down to 13th a-rod's numbers are 14th all-round mel ott his numbers are 15th all around with those monstrous big ball numbers. Frank Robinson was good at so many things. He's still number 16. Uh Napla Joy, you know, killer. Did sex third greatest second baseman of all time. Third with those numbers? Well, yeah, you had an Eddie Collins and a Rogers Hornsby. <laughs> Napla Joy. And then you got Mikey Schmidt, Michael Jack Schmidt coming at 18th. Ricky Henderson at 19th, the inspiration for this entire set, I argued the dude's in the top 20 greatest players of all time because of how great of a small baller he was. Someday I finally go and hit sh- sort, and here he is at number 19. And double X, the beast, Jimmy Fox, comes in at the 20, 20th all-warps-plus number.
0: It's so interesting. That is such an interesting group of players. Like... I can't – every time I think – every time I look at that, I'm like, oh, there's a new surprising player that's either omitted or is in that list. Like, yeah. I would have never put any of those players together. You know, I mean, there are, like, yeah, I put, you know, Barry Bonds and, you know, Babe Ruth or Barry Bonds and A-Rod or somebody like that to put those people together. <laughs> but that comprehensive group of people, I would have never put together. So it's 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 really – cool to to have it all on a spreadsheet after you click sort
1: so your audio cut out oh sorry oh, there it goes uh- so yeah, to see it like that, to see that many layers of harmonic average, and then to see it have nine statistical components that are in it, you start to, it gets hard to argue against it. And and you might. And like you said, I wouldn't th- if I'm thinking of the greatest players of all time, I'm forgetting players that are supposed to be there, and I'm obviously ranking players that are there. So I, I think that was one of the gems of, of that list. Um, it, it brings people out that that you, you might not remember, might not realize like wh- oh yeah, they were that great. Um, the other one that you know you might you might recognize is where are some players that are missing? So like my man, Tony Gwent, I loved Mr. Padre, right right where why isn't he up here? like where is he And people are like, oh, he's missing stolen bases. No, no, he had some. He's missing walks. He's missing walks, and this is an on-base heavy number. Now, Tony Gwynn, I'm going to do a quick search on him. Tony Gwynn is here. He's just not all-round top 10, top 20, top 30. He's 58th. But all-round, that sounds about right. He's missing the on-base number. People think about Tony Gwynn, and they're like, on-base machine. No, making the bat touch the ball machine. Getting the ball to be in play and moving runner's machine. Fielder's choice at first base, getting out dropping at-bats, batting average machine. I don't know how to make that number for Tony Gwynn, right? But he's missing his OBP. He's got a 388. Boggs has 415. So 388, I'll take it all day, but it's not legendary, right? Right. You look at Ichiro. People are like, where's Ichiro on this list? Well, Ichiro didn't steal a ton of bases. And Ichiro's OBP was 355 right he, did, he was a, these, he was he was one of the most incredible role players, so there's a number for him, but it isn 't necessarily all round because he wasn 't that on base machine that these numbers are very heavy on and you can you can dog these numbers all day long if you want on that on that walk number but i 'm going to say in the parlance of today 's times it is that walk number get on base right now I can do it as on on base, you know, I can go add those numbers again and just do on base. And some people are going to say, "Wait, you have, you know, walks, doubles, double, single. Wait, you have on the middle number, you have doubles, and in your extra base number, you have doubles. Aha, there's a redundancy there. And there is, there is. There's an overlap there. I think there's two kinds of doubles. I think there's that middle ball style double, where it's going to glean out the people who probably had more singles and walks, right. so they're naturally going to be top of the list anyway that kind of double or the guys banging them off the wall <laughs> those are going to be your big baller guys so i think that problem sort of took care of itself yeah. from the science teacher and point of error analysis i feel like that kind of took care of itself right
0: yep that's really interesting so the other thing that i'm interested in is these harmonic game rates maybe you can explain that a little bit and and uh
1: put into perspective cool. where are
0: these yeah, um, so would, players would, are at
1: Sure. So this was really cool when I did this, you know, I almost got teary eyed. I mean, it was, it was, it was pretty emotional because they, I mean, it really brought out these, these Negro league players that are missing from these, because this number is a cumulative number. You need to have war and you need to have a lot of it. So as you and I talked about, I'm going to create a game rate version of this, right? I'm going to go, okay, war per game, I'm going to use their harmonic all, 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 all ball number, and then I need to decide what to do about OPS, right? OPS Plus for, to create a game rate out of it because I would like to see what this would be like per game because I do agree peak matters. I do agree, you know, there's a book of Sandy Koufax back there. Um, you know, uh, I do agree peak matters. I, I do think that you can call Sandy Koufax the greatest left-hander of all time based on only six years. Uh, I think you can also call, make an argument for Pedro being the greatest pitcher or righty at least of all time based on his six best years so peak does matter there's a jaws style uh push now on war i would love to see a jaws style number of this in fact on i can't remember facebook or twitter i put it out there and someone got really into the stats and we kind of kicked him around a little and he's like a jaws version of this would be awesome i'm like right (laughs) that would be awesome now i need an actual database i'm using spreadsheets I need, this num- I need these numbers in a database in order to do that. So I, I mean, I don't know how to make pivot tables that well. I don't know how to do a hundred spreadsheets deep to do that. I would need to use access to actually put these numbers into a database. Right. And then I could pull their six best years. Um, doing it on spreadsheets would be a nightmare. So let's talk about the huggers, as I call them, the HGRs, the harmonic game rates. Um,
0: So essentially what harmonic game rates are is you took, uh, you took these harmonic averages and you um, basically put it down into a game, just one game. Am I correct?
1: Per game. I did it per game. So like I took their base on balls per the, per amount of games they played in. I did. Uh, so for small ball, base on balls, BB per game, singles per game, sack plus steel per game. And then it created a, a number that was a fractional number right it's under one because i divided by the amount of games they played in and per game and i refer to these people as the most efficient small ballers right not the most productive small ballers because it's not over career it's it's per game the most efficient small baller was that billy hamilton the old-timey uh Hall of Famer, Billy Hamilton. I mean, his per-game small ball numbers, he actually had a, short, a shorter career than some of the other people, so he didn't have the accumulation of stats to be the best small baller of all time, but he is the most efficient small baller of all time. Um, John McGraw, classic small baller, right? Didn't, had, didn't have the ability to accumulate Ricky Henderson-type numbers, so he doesn't have a small ball number, but he's got a small ball harmonic game rate, That ranks him number two all time on the small ball hugger list. Ricky Henderson, still number three on the hugger. Bill Lang, Hub Collins, Eddie Collins, Bill Hoy, Ray Chapman, the only person to have died during a game or from a game, Uh, Donnie Bush, and then Vince Coleman. So some of the modern guys can pop up and you'll see them show up. Um, But I won't lie, the harmonic game rates will oftentimes be pretty old-timey heavy. Because those guys put up some beastly numbers in short amount of years, right? Or short amount of games. Short amount of games. Um, our middle ball harmonic game rate would be uh, Tris Speaker, Dan Brothers, uh, Lou Gehrig, Oscar Charleston, Todd Helton, Hank Greenberg, Ted Williams, Ed Hanty, Wade Boggs, and Edgar Martinez. Oh, DH. Okay. Our big ball hugger guys are going to be Babe Ruth. So, her game, Babe Ruth jumps ahead of Barry Bonds. Right. Per game. His big, he's, he's a, he's a higher rated big baller than Barry Bonds is per game. Now Barry Bonds was the most accumulated big ball number, but per game Barry Bonds or Babe Ruth was. And then this is where some, you know, a lot of, a lot of, of the old timey people started to show up. Josh Gibson is the second, you know, catcher for the Homestead Grays outside of Pittsburgh from the Negro league. Uh, you know, legend has it, he has 800 home runs. Legend has it, he hit home runs that were longer than anyone's ever seen. Um, the record keeping of the times was not good enough for us to verify those numbers. Um, us when I mean us as baseball fans. But um, yeah, per game, if I drop the game rate requirement to 500 games, he's got 500 games. He's got 598 games that are verified by the MLB and his numbers start to jump you see, whoa, or these NLB players start to jump out because per game, they were great. And um, some of these numbers, once the volume comes in, their game rates might drop a little, but for all we know, they might go up. I mean, there is the claim that Josh Gibson hit 800 home runs. They used to do barnstorming tours. All right, um, Lou Gehrig comes in at third Big Baller Harmonic Game Rate. Ted Williams comes in at fourth Big Baller Harmonic Game Rate. Uh, Hank Greenberg, Barry Bonds, Double X, Jimmy Fox. Oscar Charleston, surprising on the big ball side. Mark McGuire comes in with a huge, huge number nine on the big ball harmonic game rate. Again, he's admitted to what he's done, and you can do whatever you want with him, but his numbers exist, and they are ninth at a game rate level. And then Frank Thomas is the 10th most efficient big baller of all time. And I like this one because it builds that efficiency. I like this one because it it can also help in a game situation or a season situation where I go, okay, that's great. This guy only had 36 games. What'd he do? That's when you go like, Oh, you know, we looked over there at that all warps number and Mike Trout still had a huge all warps number, yeah. even though he only had a few games, Well, he already had 1.8 war by the time he left right. with his half injury. So, I mean, he had huge numbers already. His game rate was, would be nuts. would right. be nutsy, you know? Um, so there it is. Um, and then, if you take the harmonic average of all of those, the harmonic game rate. These are, in my opinion, the most all-round, most efficient players of all time. And it's a game rate, so this is efficiency per game. Who was able to be the most all-round, most efficient player? And that was Oscar Charleston, who Buck, you know, Buck O'Neill said was the greatest player he's ever seen. Bill Joyce. Bill <laughs> Joyce is on this. I'll go to these Hall of Fame groups and be like, "Why isn't Bill Joyce in the in the Hall?" And they'll be like, he's... Doesn't have the numbers. And I'm like, per game he does, and peak matters. And they're like, that's interesting. He's only got like nine years, but they were pretty special nine years. Yeah. Uh, Tris Speaker, Ed Delahante, Ty Cobb, Willie Wells. Uh, Willie Wells, man, if you look at some of his numbers, whew, you look at some of his defensive numbers. Uh, Billy Hamilton, Harry Stovey, Barry Bonds at ninth. Um, and then Mike Griffin. Mike Griffin is the 10th most efficient all-time, all-round, all-baller. And that's when you start digging in and looking up who he was and, and reading about him and being like, this is really cool. I didn't know about this guy, but he was a really efficient all-round player. Yeah.
0: That's cool. That's interesting. A lot of interesting names there. I, I think that's really cool. Um, yeah. Threw a lot of stats out in this last hour and a half. Uh, a lot of interesting names, a lot of – cool cool stats i'm glad we got a chance to do this um this was super cool um this has been garnering some attention from um some some people in the baseball history world the uh we've already talked about bob kendrick and we've talked about um um i'm forgetting the author of the book right now but there is a book about ricky henderson coming out that apparently uh, they're going to use your numbers
1: correct so it's yeah so it's i don't know if i don't even know how much of the numbers he loves he loved the story so it's howie bryant howard bryant the very famous howard bryant is okay. writing a book yeah, on ricky it. howard bryant has won two k yeah he's won two casey awards um casey awards are the Peabody of baseball books it's the best baseball book of the year um you know a terrible uh, terrible beauty the ty cobb book that vindicated him uh, on, on a lot of the the seething racist fronts, right? The, the, they went in and did a lot more research and were like, okay, he wasn't what Stump said and all that. Now, I don't know if he was an angel, obviously, but he, know, he, wasn't, he wasn't the legend of evil. He was, right? Well, that, thing, that book won Terrible beat when it won this Casey Award. Well, uh, Howie Bryant won two Casey Awards. The first one he won was for Shutout, Out. That's about African-American players in sports. And then the next one he won was uh, The Last Hero about Hank Aaron. So he has a book coming out about Ricky and me being a nerd about my numbers, I kept putting them out there on Twitter in front of him. Like every time he mentioned Ricky, I'd be like, I rate Ricky the 19th greatest all-around player of all time. And nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. I catch him. I don't know. I think I caught him on like a Friday. I got got him in a good mood or something. I'm like, hey, I threw it out there again. And he comes back, and he's like, so, you know, I think he, he made the comment about how, you know, if I were to remove players that never played against black players, he'd be eighth. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, if you take away, if you, if you cut it off before integration, um, then yeah, yeah, I guess he would be eighth. Um, and then it kind of kicked off a conversation where I said, I basically created this set because somebody dissed Ricky. And he came back with, wait, you created this set to test your hypothesis about Ricky? And I was like, no, I knew Ricky was Ricky. I, I created this set to prove I was right. And he's like, hit me up in DMs with that story, man. So I did. And he kind of got interested about it and he has told me this is in his manuscript. So he's interested in the story. And again, it goes back to, I love the numbers. I love them. But every time I stare at these numbers, I see stories, I see stories. And I showed him the numbers. He did ask about the numbers. He did get into them a little. He asked a little bit about why isn't Babe Ruth, you know, why isn't Babe Ruth, you know, high, high enough on that all ball list. Because then they have a stolen bases. He's like, okay. I don't know if he was like, okay, but I mean, he didn't ask another question. So I'm assuming right. he, he got it, but um, no, I, he, he verified that. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the manuscript. I don't know if it's going to make the book, right. The editor's going to cut it out. If I, if I know, if I know uh, how books work, right. You give him this massive manuscript, you know, either parses it down. So who knows if I'll make it, but what I do know is the numbers were cool enough and they tell a story numbers talk and they tell a story and it got, a world famous author interested in it because there's a story behind these numbers in, in these numbers. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly working on an article just to get them out there, but this is a, a book, I mean, yeah. this creates a harmony through the ages and it, and I used harmonic average to do it. So there's, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of stories in these numbers and numbers talk and I, and I, I stare at them all day. Like, I started looking people up. I'm like, let me learn, go learn about Mule Suttles, man. This guy has got some amazing numbers and you learn about him. And he did, he did, you know, cool, Papa Bell, he's 16th on the all ball harmonic game rate harmony. You know, he had an all round game and the saying was the cool Papa Bell could um, get up from, you know, turn off the light and be back in bed before the light, you know, before the lights actually went out. I did not get that quote, right, but he was so fast. He could do that. Right. But yeah. You know, it's just really cool to see these things. Joe Jackson comes up because he was such a good hitter. Yeah. Honus Wagner won't quit. Paul Molitor, you're like you're right. Paul Molitor was crazy all round, amazing. Yeah, he was all round amazing. Yeah. So, wow. it's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting, and it's gotten some notice. The the Harmonic Game Rates uh, brought uh, uh, the Negro League players out. So, um, I, I definitely want to get those in front of people who. Museum, and they were retweeted by the president Bob Kendrick. So, um, yeah, exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Um, I'm interested to see how this stuff's going to work next year on fantasy.
0: Yep. Me too. So speaking of stories, this number does bring out a lot of stories. So speaking of stories, I think we're going to wrap up and we're going to go to last call. So uh, Jonathan, last call, um, is basically a segment in my podcast where myself and anybody that's involved in the podcast gets to tell a personal baseball story. Um, you know, cause everybody, every baseball fan, every baseball player has a story that has to do with baseball. Um, so yeah, we're going to, and I know for a fact that at least one fan, my father, this is his favorite um, segment in the in the podcast. And I always like doing it because I like hearing baseball stories from other people. So uh, you got a, you got a personal baseball story to tell.
1: Yeah. Um, it's funny. You should mention your father. My story has my father uh, involved in it too. It's all the way back to our first game um, as you know, a little kid. My um, My brother, who's only a year younger than me, um, was there, and my father was there. So he took um, my brother and I to our first baseball game, and we were going to Wrigley to a Cubs game. And we'd heard all the legends, and we heard how cool this was going to be. And it was, you know, it was exciting, and it was challenging to get down there, challenging to park, a lot of walking. I remember as a little kid. And then you got to walk up these, you gotta walk up and then you got to walk down and you finally make it to the tunnel to walk out onto the field. We had our, I think I can remember, I, I think I had a malt cup and I think my brother had peanuts already. We were already ready. Um, and uh, we come walking out of the tunnel and I my brother and I just, I think we might have even said it in unison and had to buy each other a Coke because we jinxed each other. I, we just both said, it's so green. Because it just the field was perfectly green. It was perfectly manicured and perfectly green. And then, of course, Wrigley has the ivy. And Wrigley has the green scoreboard. And it was just so green. Couldn't believe how much green there was. And we both said, it's so green. And then I can remember peanuts. And we got to throw them on the floor. And I was like, this is so cool. And then Rhino hit a home run that day. So I remember the crack of the bat. My brother and I both looked right at each other because we had never heard a major leaguer catch one and crack it like that. Um, we both stared, like snapped and looked at each other. And my number was 23 long before Jordan ever came to Chicago because Rhino was Rhino and Wrigley's Wrigley. And I'm a Cubs fan for life because you can never unlive that. Right.
0: That's super cool. I really like that story. Um, thank you for telling that story on here. That was really cool. Um, I think the first game that I can remember the first professional MLB game. Now I had played little league and I had been to like minor league games and stuff like that. But the first professional game that I went to, um, was, I was a little older, um, was an angels game. I believe it was angels and Rangers. I believe it was. And that was super cool because I got to go with my father and I got to go with my grandfather. Now my father has told me a lot of stories about, um, you know, him playing baseball in Texas and, um, you know, some of the players that he used to watch, um, growing up and, you know, he, uh, he told, I think I told this last, last week. Um, he, he likes to tell the story of how he took Nolan Ryan's son, Reed Ryan over, over the fence. Um, and I, I, I think I hold that as a memory, not necessarily because of, what happened during the game. I'm pretty sure the Angels lost because every time I go, the Angels lose. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, what I hold as a memory is listening to my, my father tell stories and then being able to listen to my grandfather tell stories of, you know, him sitting on the roof of Ebbets Field and watching the Brooklyn Dodgers play. Or, oh man,
1: that's, that's yeah. like Ken Burns baseball stuff, right? there. Right. I
0: mean. And you know, he's, he's talking about all the, and you know, playing baseball in the street and playing stick ball and how, ball. Had, and how he had, you know, this baseball that was signed by the entire Brooklyn Dodger team of that year. And he just, he just played with it and lost it. I was like, are you kidding me right now? That had Pee Wee Reese and, and Jackie Robinson and all those guys on it and you didn't keep it. He was like, it wasn't that kind of time. We played baseball. Like that's what, you know, and my grandfather has since um, passed away. And that, that is, that's really a memory that I hold a lot of him is being able to sit with him and my father and listen to all of those kinds of baseball stories. And I really think that's a main attraction to baseball you know people say oh baseball's slow baseball's boring you know you don't get to do you know whatever but that's the time when you get to sit and talk with your family or your friends or whatever and have that bonding time while you get to watch a game like there isn't very many other sports that you get to do that
1: right yeah i mean there's no clock and people that drives people crazy to me I mean, it's not cricket. It doesn't take two days. It, 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 it might not feel fast to you, but when you learn about the game and you, you listen, okay, the, you talk about the last pitch or you talk about what you think the next pitch is going to be or you talk about what that baseball player has been doing or you just realize that baseball player has got a shoulder down. He's looking for an inside pitch. Once you learn about the game, there's a million things to talk about and the game's almost too fast.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Really – Really cool. I really like that story. Um,
1: so thank you for thanks, coming man. on. Thank you. Well, for thanks for having on. me. This was really fun. And I appreciate, uh, getting to know you and getting to talk about these numbers. I've learned a lot about these numbers by talking about them with you. So that's, that's been really important. Um, you know, you didn't just validate them. You helped me understand them. So thank you for, uh, thank you for this opportunity. You know, a lot of people are like, you need to write, you need to start writing about these numbers and stop talking about them. I don't, I don't understand them yet. I, I yeah. still need to talk about them. So ha- talking about them, you know, right here uh, is a huge help to me. And I think it's, it's cool. Cause I mean, it, this isn't any, you know, this isn't anything patented or special. Anyone could do this yeah. and anyone could make them. Um, it, you know, I'm not, I'm not any kind of, I don't have an MBA or some kind of special degree in Excel. Um, just a science teacher who likes like math and science teacher who likes baseball a lot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well i think we are wrapping up the show is there anything that you want to plug any sort of projects or anything you want to plug before we end this
1: you know i'd love to plug hammer and hank uh dot com the problem is i mean i could we're, we're, we're audio only. I mean, it's hammerinhank.com. It, instead of A's for Hammerin and Hank, it's fours, so it's four and four. We could always post that on another website. It's no money. It's a historical piece. It's a tribute page to Hank. I love him. I miss him. Um, I love him as a person. I miss his voice. I miss everything about him. Um, I collected all of the living Hall of Famer tweets of his death in one spot so if nothing else that's the only place on earth i think i know of that has all those tweets housed in one place it's got a slew of magazine Uh, Covers that he did, slew of articles, tons of videos of him, breakdown of his swing, uh, interviews with some of the greats. I mean, if you love Hank and you miss him, it's hours and hours and hours of Hank fun. It's the home run derby against Eddie Matthews. It's his whole entire memorial service. So it's just a historical piece for good old Hank, who I love and miss. And um, yeah. It's out there. It costs no money. I don't even know how you'd give me money if you wanted to. So it's just for just for just for tribute and and love and uh respect.
0: Super cool. Awesome. Well, this has been a very interesting and very cool, in my opinion, very cool episode of the Round Trippers Podcast. Um, you can keep the conversation going um uh on Twitter at round underscore trippers dot com. Um, let me try that again. You can uh, find us on Twitter at the, hand, at the Twitter handle round underscore trippers. And then if you want to send feedback of the show or ask a question about the show, you want me to research something, you can uh, send us an email at roundtripperspodcast at gmail.com. Um, And yeah, I think that's pretty much it. So on behalf of my good friend, uh, Jonathan Jordan, I am your host, Austin Spiro. Thank you for listening to the Roundtrippers podcast. And until next time, have a good one, everybody.